millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on ITRWrestling.com or wherever you get your podcasts, or of course, 24 hours early. My name is Kenny McIntosh and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this fabulous Friday? Kenny, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Well, actually, quite a few people have unfriended me on Facebook lately. You know, and I'm feeling wounded by this. Wounded, Kenny. You know, I'm questioning my popularity. You know, is it in decline? Is its decline, is its decline hastening? Hastening, maybe it is. Anyway, but apart from that, fine. I, I, are you are you going to talk about the trying time you've had since we last spoke or not? Yeah, no, I think I think we should talk about it. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, the last time we spoke, we had done we'd done the Regal shows and they were a big success. Uh, so we then did the RVD show in London on Wednesday night, which was also a big success. It, Rob took a lot of time with people. It was really, really good. And then yesterday was a difficult day. Um, without getting into loads of detail, basically Rob and his wife Katie were en route to get the flight that they were on on the af- in the afternoon. They were on their way, and a sort of unforeseen traffic thing meant they couldn't make it. They really tried to get there, but they couldn't, so they missed that flight. And then we were kind of like, "What do we do?" There was another flight at like 25 past six that we couldn't get them on because it was full. So the next flight was like 7 p.m. from Stansted. 
to Cork. So we decided that what we would do is we would, instead of doing the meet and greet before the show, we'd do it after. And then we would open the doors to everybody at like 7.30, let them in. We had like, we had RVD matches queued up on the big screen. People would come in and get a drink. And then Rob, you know, Rob was really... Uh, you know, frustrated that he couldn't get there because he, he really wanted to obviously do the show for us. So he had said, look, you know, uh, let, let's find another, like, any way we can get me there, let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I'll come straight from the plane and go on stage. So he was really gung-ho as much as we were to make it happen. And we were all set. And then he gets to the gate and the flight time goes from 7 o'clock. It's delayed to 8.35, which meant he was going to get in about 10. And it just became really evident that it was we weren't gonna be able to make it work. You know, it's a school night. Uh transport shuts down around, you know, well, starts to shut down if you if you're coming from anywhere outside of the Cork area by eleven. And then for the yeah. Cork area you're talking midnight and it was just kind of we just couldn't figure out a way to do it. <clears throat> we would be able to make everyone happy. Um so we kind of got to a point where we were like, right, I think we're gonna have to cancel the event. So we spoke to Rob, sort of explained the situation. We were all trying to, because we even thought, you know, could we do it today, which is Friday? You know, could we try and say, come back to the venue, didn't have any availability? I've got stuff that, I mean, I, I would have cancelled stuff to do it if we found a way to make it work, but we just couldn't. There was no way to. Uh, so I, myself and Owen, who's the local promoter, we had to go out and sort of tell everybody in the queue that it was being cancelled and why, and that was really difficult because you know people are so excited about it but you know it's one of those things where we we tried everything we could to make it happen and i was saying to you off air financially we bumped it when when ollie and i were traveling to cork yesterday we bumped into a woman on the plane and she was talking about how she was asking what we do and then we were telling her and then she would say that she works um in like affordable housing she works for a charity where they come up with like they, they a non-profit charity where they build affordable housing for people who need it and stuff which is you know such a great thing to do and she was kind of listening to the events that we do and she said oh you know it's it's really interesting because and at this point we had got word that there was an issue with rob's travel so we were kind of worried and kind of hoping that everything would be okay and speaking with the promoter on the phone to try and put things in place and she made a point where she was like you know the stuff that you do, there's so many variables that go on that it's kind of a massive success when any of this stuff goes ahead because you're dealing with so many different spinning plates. And yesterday was just one of those days where, you know, we couldn't make the it happen. The plates fell off. The plates fell off, yeah. And there was, there was nothing. I can sort of rest easy knowing that I did everything that I possibly could to try and make it happen, as did Owen, the promoter in Ireland, as did Rob. Uh, we all really tried. I mean, Rob was on social media last night. He actually got to the airport at quarter to 11, which meant he wouldn't have got to the venue till at least 11 p.m. last night, which yeah. when you've got a show to do, because also, you know, you've got a show, you've got all these people who pay general admission, you can't shortchange them, not give them a show. Uh, awesome. You get the VIPs who want to do the meet and greet. So, you know, the best scenario was to... Um, you know, cancel the show. Everybody's getting refunded for the next few days. Everyone was offered a free drink. Um, and, all, and on top of that, uh, you know, Rob and I, Rob and I will attempt at some stage to get this done again in Cork to kind of make up for it. So, um, yeah, it was a rough day, but uh, these things happen. So, you know, uh, I don't know what else you say, but um, we tried. We really did try. So. Understood. Yeah. Well, there isn't any really any 
comment I can make about that. Just um, yes, very unfortunate, Kenny. Yeah. Well, listen. Let's talk about. Um, there is a bunch of wrestling news to go into. Um, I mean, I guess the first first thing I should mention quickly that it has been reported that Soraya is in fact cleared for an in-ring return. She did kind of get physical on uh, Wednesday uh, with Britt Baker, uh, but she's been cleared by Dr. Michael Sampson in AEW, so she is going to be returning. So I guess we'll just get to see, you know, when was that? She, she's not wrestled in, what, f- five years, maybe? Oh, wasn't it the end of... I did look this up. Was it... It was December, wasn't it? It was December of, was it 2016? I think it was. Sorry, I'm just going to have to look. December 2017 was the last. Yeah, maybe. Just just give us a moment. Yeah, the last match she had was, um, it was on December 27th, 2017. You are absolutely right, Kenny. So, so yeah, so in December it'll be five years, but yeah, you know, nearly five years. Yeah, five years in December since she wrestled. I mean, that was the famous uh, six-woman match in which Sasha Banks uh, kicked her in the back. It was in Uniondale, New York, and um, Paige sort of fell. I think sort of slumped to the mat. She landed on her knees, and it didn't look like a hard kick, and it was seemed like almost like the Dynamite Kid injury. Mm-hmm. If you watch that one, there's footage of that the the 1986 one. And you look at it and you think, well, what happened there? Why is why is why is he why is he in so much pain? Why can he not continue to wrestle? And the uh, the Sasha Banks and uh, the Page thing after um, kick to the back, I think it was from Sasha. Uh, it just looks like um, it doesn't look like she was really struck hard, and uh, it was, seemed like a freak injury. Maybe it was like a result of cum- cumulative bumps over a career. I mean, I'm not really sure why it happened. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's five years in December since she wrestled. So one presumes that her return will be at full gear, I would think. Yeah, I would assume so. So it's one of those weird things where, I mean, we can't really comment too much because we've not seen her do anything because obviously she's not wrestled. So I think, you know, it'd be, it probably will be smart for her to really ramp up the training now if she's been cleared <clears throat> to, to get it done. So all the best to her and hope that yeah, she... I mean- I mean, I hope she's going to be all right. I mean, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, it's possible that WWE, um, she could have passed the test and WWE might have allowed her to wrestle had she remained there for three or four or five more years. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, I mean, they were obviously concerned about her and they didn't want to use her as a wrestler. Um, you know, if she's passed AEW's medical clearance uh, protocol then one hopes that she's ready to go and you know is is robust and, and can take the bumps um but it's um yeah hopefully at first you're just wrestling frequently just in matches that matter uh, until she's sure and feels confident and comfortable in the ring again yeah absolutely uh so yeah we'll, we'll see and uh we'll kind of keep an eye on it as it happens but yeah as the uh, you know, we were touring this week, and um, well, I think I think this actually began when, when I was at home on Tuesday because I think it happened after we recorded what's going down. But there was a situation that developed where Andrade had um, done an interview where he basically talked about the only scenario, the only situation he'd had in AEW where he had a little bit of a disagreement with someone was with Sammy Guevara, 
about uh, Sammy had come back when they, they'd wrestled and Sammy was apparently complaining about Andrade had hit him too hard and then Andrade sort of confronted him and Sammy said, no, I've got no issues, no problems. So uh, he said this in the interview and then uh, he tweeted about it as well. So he had tweeted sort of con- confirming that he was talking about Sammy Guevara and yeah. then Sammy Guevara decided to reply to uh, to Mr... El Idolo, and I'm going to get that exact tweet up here because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to misquote him. Yeah. No misquoting on this podcast, even though I just got the year wrong. <laughs> Page had her last match. Soraya had the last match. Um, yeah, no, no, none of that. But uh, basically, in exactitude, uh, Kenny, it's the enemy. We don't have any of that on this podcast. No, it's a hundred percent accuracy. So Andrade had said on the fourth of October, "I said it to your face. If you had a problem with me and you said nothing, I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional. Don't be scared. When I say something, I name names, and I'm not scared to get fired." Hashtag Sammy is what Andrade said. And in response, Sammy said, you didn't say shit to me, you liar. But here's some truth, you ungrateful prick. You you would be jobless if it wasn't for your dad-in-law. Are you really mad at me or are you mad at yourself for failing to get over for a second time? Just go back to WWE like we all know you want to do and fuck off. Is the exact message, Finn. I mean, what's, I mean, we know what's going on. I mean, this is, you know, this is the knock-on effect of the CM Punk debacle. No discipline. You know, no people realising or recognising that they can behave however they want because there will be no repercussions. And uh, maybe if there's a massive meltdown backstage, Tony Khan will suspend people. But generally, you know, it's... It's, uh, I mean, really, I mean, Tony Khan needs to, if he hasn't spoken to Sammy Guevara already. Now, was this before Dynamite on Wednesday, Kenny? Did he, yes. tw- did he call this? So, because Sammy ended up scoring the pin in the main event, didn't he? Yeah, so, ba- so basically what happened was, so this was Tuesday that this happened. Okay. And apparently they were both spoken to, and they were both told, look, there, there is to be no fighting whatsoever about this. They both agreed nothing was going to happen. In fact, um, AEW Brass apparently said to Andrade, if this is your way of trying to get fired, it's not going to happen. So if you think fighting is going to be the way to get fired, it's not going to happen, uh, but we will send you home if you do that. So then at TV, um, most of the stories seem to indicate that Sammy, uh, that Andrade was kind of waiting for the opportunity to punch out Sammy, which he landed two punches on him. Sammy didn't fight back. And Andrade was sent home and Sammy was sort of kept on the show. Uh, and yeah, he was in the main event with him and Jericho against Garcia and Brian Danielson. And he ended up scoring the pin. I mean, so, I mean, what message does that send to the locker room? Because I, I said this on Twitter, right? And I, and, I mean, the by all accounts... behaviour will be rewarded. Yeah, well, because, t- right, so say, I mean, we don't know what happened backstage exactly, right? We don't know the specifics of what happened. But even if Sammy was the innocent party on the Wednesday at Dynamite, he still was saying that stuff on Twitter the day before. And to me, yeah. perception is reality. So at that point, the last thing you should be doing is having Sammy Guevara getting the pinfall and winning the main event. It just feels like uh, it's just it's just madness because you've got this big three this three year anniversary show that they're doing, and all that anyone's talking about is another fight. 
yeah. another backstage spat. And it's just kind of, yeah. I mean, what do you make of it? Oh, well, I mean, firstly, I mean, Sammy Guevara, okay, use Twitter um, to promote feuds. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, you can, I mean, if you've got an agreement with your opponent to say whatever you want, I actually wrote about this in Q&A in the last issue of the magazine. You know, if, you, if you're if doing a work shoot thing, there needs to be an agreement between you and your opponent or opponents on what you can and cannot say. More importantly, what you cannot say so that there is an agreement in place, you know, and, and no one's feelings are being um, hurt by your behaviour. So it's just all about respect, isn't it? I mean, these people are workmates, the colleagues after all, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Just simulating, you know, in the ring, it's not real fighting. You're putting on a show. Fair enough, use tw- Twitter or any form of social media or, or any type of interview to promote your feud with your opponent to make people more interested in it. That's fine. But when you're going into business for yourself, which it sounds like Sammy was, based upon Andrea's, Andrade's reaction backstage, then that's a breakdown in, in discipline. That's a breakdown in the machinery of how pro wrestling works. And that leads to incidents like this. We just went through this with CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page, August 17th, Dynamite. With Punk going out there, we don't need to go over it again. Going in from business for himself on Dynamite. That then leads to the you know, media scrum after All Out, in which Punk has his meltdown, and then that triggers a backstage Barney, a rumble between Punk and his allies in the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and others. And they're all, they've all been suspended and stripped to the titles. And AEW effectively has to start again. Um, you know, I've got to say, the, you know, to give AEW credit, Tony Khan credit, um, I thought he did a good job of moving on from that fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Stripping the books and Omega the belts, getting the trios belts on someone else, getting the belt on Moxley, although he wouldn't be my first choice, but at least getting the, the, the main world heavyweight title on someone else. Let's move on from this fiasco. And here we are again, one month later, Sammy Guevara. I and mean, this is all highly predictable. Of course, Andrade had to respond backstage because he'd been called out. He'd been humbled. He'd been humiliated by Guevara. I mean, as if Andrade is just going to turn the other cheek. I mean, that's not the way it works in pro wrestling. You know, otherwise he would lose respect in the eyes of his peers. You know, that's the way it works backstage. And it's just, well, why wasn't, you know, why, why wasn't Guevara, you know, told to... Did he ever delete the tweet, Ken? Or is it still out there, Sammy Guevara? Still there. Both still the there. Tweet, both the tweets are still there. Still there. Why has he not been instructed to, to delete that tweet? It just makes Andrade look like a fool. It's like he's trying to goad him into a fight, and that does appear to have been his purpose, his objective here. And then mm. Sammy doesn't respond. I mean, it's just like, who in the locker room now will respect Sammy for what he's done. I mean, again, this has just created another you know, public relations problem for AEW. They've just been moving on very nicely, I thought, from the Punk and Omega and Books, you know, shambles, you know, this big blow-up backstage. And then this occurs, all highly predictable. And once again, it could have been avoided. Also... You know, with, some, you know, discipline, you know with, with a strong leader... Uh-huh. You know, who knows how to deal with talent? I mean, Tony Khan's been doing this for a while now, Kenny. What are we now? Three and a half years into AEW? I know yeah. it's the anniversary show this week, but they were around good six months Four before. Four years that. in January. 
four years in January. So yeah, we're coming up four years. Tony Khan's been doing this for a long time. Um, okay, he's not Vince McMahon. Well, obviously Vince McMahon's not involved anymore, but he's not, he hasn't been doing it for 20 years, he's been doing it for long enough that he should know how to deal with talent. And especially coming off what happened with Punk and Bucks and Omega. He should have just called them into a room, had the conversation, you know, not speaking to them individually, but actually there as they came face to face. Let's sort, let's not, let's prevent this from escalating further. Sammy, delete that tweet. Sammy, do not put any more tweets out like that that are obviously not uh, within the parameters of the storyline, which are designed to offend another member of the locker room, if you put out any more tweets like that, you will be suspended or you will be fined or whatever. You know, you will be buried. I don't care what the punishment uh, can inflicted or were to threaten Sammy with, so long as he actually had the desired effect, which was to uh, discourage him or prevent him from behaving like this. As we know, Sammy has got a bit of a rep backstage. There's been, this is not the first time there's been problems that's what I was going to say. Like that, you know, Sammy's now becoming, you know, your Daddy Kingston thing. Now he's got the Andrade thing. He's not very well liked backstage, from all accounts. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of people backstage who were really upset with the way he just threw Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho to the mat. You know, the in the match all out. Mm-hmm. This was, um, and you know, poor Ruby was there, narrowly avoided breaking a neck, and then Ty ended up smashing her in the nose and breaking her nose. She's needed surgery on the nose, hasn't she? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I think with Sammy, it's like he's, you know, if 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 because the thing is, when they got to TV on Wednesday, there should have been a real, like, we are going to make sure these two people, they can't get near each other. Yeah. Um, But I mean, yeah, and, and Sammy, this is, a, this, I, I, and I mean, with Sammy, the, the one thing you can say is, look, he, I'm sure he didn't go looking for the fight. I'm sure he... You know, and by all accounts, he didn't even fight back. When yeah, but he had to know that this would provoke a reaction. Yeah, yeah. But you, so yeah, you, you can't, you can't with one hand go. Well, I didn't, I didn't fight back. I wasn't going to fight at TV because I've been told not to. But then keep the tweet up. But here's an interesting question. I want to get your take on. I'm interested. So Andrade's got a few years left in his deal, as we know. Yeah. He wants to go to WWE. He's making that very clear. He's trying to get fired, essentially. <laughs> right. If you're Tony Khan. What would you do? What I would do is I would now, and I don't believe Andrade wants to be there. I think the way in which AEW has used him has been woeful. He means nothing. I mean, before he made it clear, Andrade, that he wanted to return to WWE, AEW had basically given up on him. So he's just another guy that really adds nothing to the show. If I were Tony Khan, I'd say to him, right, Andrade, I know you don't want to be anymore, be here anymore. You're probably going to be, you're not going to bring your best to the table if we insist that you come to work for the next two years. You know, maybe you will, but probably you won't. So what I'm going to do is let's reach a compromise here. You can have a release, but you're going to have to sit it out for six months, something like that. And that way, Andrade kind of gets what he wants, but it also sends the message to the locker room that anyone who's disgruntled can't just walk into Tony Khan's office and say, Tony, you know, I want out. 
you know, WWE's offered me a job. They want me to start next week. Can I have a release? And it sends the message that, yes, you can obtain a release from your contract, but there'll be a six-month wait time. So that there would discourage a lot of people from seeking a release because they would know that they would have to sit at home for six months. So I think that would actually be a good compromise. Now, whether or not how it would work financially, I'm not sure of those details. You know, I don't know. And for a lot of wrestlers, they wouldn't be able to take six months off. So that would also that would also discourage them from seeking that release because they would realize that they wouldn't be able to wrestle for six months. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely one way you can do it. I did see that uh, Jim Cornette's suggestion for the situations. He said he would just pay him for the rest of his deal and not let him go and send him home because if he does, if Tony Khan does release him, does that send a message that you can sort of do something and then in six months get to go? Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of a no win situation, right? Because if so, say say we go with the option that you've presented there, right? That's you know you're trying to sort of serve everybody there by going right. Okay, you don't want to make it seem like doing it's this. Will... Yeah, if you, you know someone's having a bit bad week, they can just say right, that's it, I'm leaving. Yeah, so so in that sense, yeah, that that gives you that whole six month thing. But then at the same time, does that mean that you know, if Adam Cole, I'm, I'm not saying he does, but if Adam Cole wants to go back to WWE, does he then, if if this happens to Andrade, does he then go, okay, I can just do this, and I'll get six months off, and then I can go back to WWE? So it's a very precarious position that Tony Khan's in for this with this, um, and I think that the, the the thing he should learn from this going forward is that. If you're going to sign people, and I'm not saying this facetiously or to try and have a dig, but if you're going to sign people, sign them because you are confident that you have stuff that you... And, and when you talk to them, that you have stuff you want to do with them and it's stuff that they want to be doing and have that dynamic. Because otherwise, you know, you just can't keep having this happen. You can't have people trying to get fired and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you, you're right, though, that the Andrade run has been woeful. You know, the, the Hardy family party, or Hardy Andrade party office, whatever it was called, family office. I mean, that was just awful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just not a fact to any, any of it. It's just, no, it's just filler, isn't it? And it comes on, you're like, oh, hopefully this won't last long. You know, that, yeah. that's the emotion it provokes, isn't I mean, it? I will, I will say, I actually do really like Jose, the assistant. I think he's a really good little kind of, you know, manager guy who takes the odd bump and kind of, you know, he's he's nondescript, but I think he plays his role very well. So I'll give him a bit of credit. But I mean, the, the Andrade situation is like another stress that they've now got. And it just kind of keeps seems to continue. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking it up here. And Andrade has wrestled... Um... Since Ric Flair's last match, which took place on 31st of July, mm -hmm. Andrade has wrestled three matches for AEW. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, while while you can't, I mean, I'm not, and I know you're not either, none, neither of us are condoning what Andrade's doing. No. To try and get fired. But at the same time, if you ignore that and or put that to one side for a second, you can understand why the guy is incredibly frustrated. Sure. Because it's not like it's not like Tony Khan's doing all this stuff to to really try and make him happy, and he's in spite of that going and trying to get fired. It's the guy's bored. Yeah, you know, he's 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 wrestling for a company where he's 
very rarely wrestling. Because re- in, in reality, if you're in AEW and you're a star, you're a real star, you're wrestling once a week. Yeah, or you're featured in a segment like MGF, for instance, is featured in a meaningful segment every week, isn't it? Yeah. Or a match. But if you're, you know, because I mean, Andrade's not going to Orlando to film Dark Elevation or whatever, or Dark. So, you know, it's once a week. And then if you're not on once a week and you're on once a month, twice a month, that's got to be pretty... Demoralising, uh, I would say. Yeah, demoralising. So... Yeah, it's... I mean... There is there is no easy outcome, but to me, I mean, we talked about this a lot. AEW hired too much talent because they became available. Ex WWE mm-hmm. guys, and Tony's there. Oh, let's sign him. Oh, oh, oh what a pop he'll receive! No surprise appearance. Oh, everyone will go wild because it's another ex WWE guy, and it'll send the message that you know all WWE people want to work it for AEW because we're the hot company. Um, but if you don't have roles for them and you don't have ideas for them and you don't have space for them on your TV programs, then it ends up being it backfires. It becomes counterproductive. You know, your swollen, you know, and large roster um, just then becomes a problem because, you know, boredom and disgruntlement creeps in because people feel like they're not being used to the best of their abilities, which is absolutely the case with Andrade. And I think that that then um, seeps into their work. And I just don't feel like he's really been giving it his all in AEW for a very long time. I mean, he's had very few good matches in AEW. Um, I mean, I actually think the guy is slightly overrated. I mean, I used to think he was really good, but he's had so many matches and not really sizzled. You're not really exhilarated audiences. You're not really electrified the place. No. And the time comes where you've got to say, well, the problem might be the talent, not the booking or the opponent or the crowd, you know, <laughs> or the location. You know, it reaches a point where it's like, well, maybe the guy's just not that good. And, um, you know, the fact that he hasn't been presented that well, um, you know, his, his booking's just been, you know, indifferent and meandering and just doesn't seem to be any sort of real purpose to anything he does it's when he's out there it's like just to give him something to do he's not going anywhere um you know that varies of course and and then when you know you've probably been told you know by certain people that yeah there's a job waiting for you you know if you can get out that's got to be very appealing hasn't it yeah it's, i mean it's it's yeah it's it's i i, I don't envy the position i get i feel like i say this all the time now i don't envy the position of Tony Khan. No, I don't. But it's very difficult being the boss. And we've talked about this before. It's very, very difficult. You can't keep everyone happy all the time. It's impossible. But mm. those who don't feel like they're being used to the to the best of their abilities, you need to communicate to them that we've got this plan for you next month. Or, you know, stick with us. You know, stick with me. You know, you're going to be doing this starting on you know, the 6th of November and you're going to be wrestling this guy and that's going to lead to this. And then we're going to pit you, pit you against this champion and, you know, stick with us, you know, have faith, you know, it'll all come good in the end. But then of course, if you say that you've got to deliver, it can't be a false promise. Otherwise that leads to even more resentment. But yeah, this is the whole problem of taking too, taking, uh, hiring too many pieces of talent. This is what happened in WCW in 1997. I remember when Bret Hart joined the company thinking, oh, this is going to be brilliant. 
And of course it wasn't. And he was just just so many main eventers there that Brett went from being like number one in WWF in 1997 to being about number six or seven in WCW in 1998. And he was miserable for almost his entire run in that company because he just felt like they didn't really know what to do with him, weren't pushing him like a star. Um, you know, and that there, you know, that that ended up, you know, just destroying his personal morale. And you could see that his performances um were weakened as a result. Yeah. I mean, his, his enthusiasm for the job just diminished by the week, didn't it? So it has that effect, and it's understandable why it has that effect. And you've got a it's I think it's very difficult running a wrestling promotion, especially a big company with a lot of talent. Uh, in some ways, you're better off just having enough talent, just enough talent, because then everyone has a spot, everyone has a role, um, and most people are happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, listen, before we talk about our last topic, I do just very quickly want to bring up that the uh, female winner of Tough Enough back in 2015, Sarah Lee, um, actually passed away this week at age 30, which is really horrible news. And I just want to say, you know, really sad, really sad news. And, you know, really thoughts with her friends and family and, you know, kids and stuff with Wesley Blake. It's it's really sad. So, uh, yeah, really. Well, the, do we know what she died of? Has that been? No, not at this point. But, um, no. I'm sure that I'm sure that'll come out. But yeah, really sad news. I just don't, I just wanted to, you know, make mention because, you know, obviously we feel very bad that that has happened. Um, but the last bit of news I thought we could talk about is, of course, the shakeups to the WWE announced team fit. It was first reported by Variety, and Variety have reported that now, as of this coming week, or as of tonight, I guess, because uh, we've got... The uh, season premiere of SmackDown! Season premiere of SmackDown. So here are the new teams that we are going to have on Friday nights for SmackDown. We're going to have Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. Um, the winds of change for SmackDown. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, we're going to have uh, Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves as the commentary team. And po- the poorest bastard of them all, Vic Joseph, is lumbered with Booker T on NXT. And then for uh, premium live events, Michael Cole and Corey Graves will be the commentary team. Um, so let's let's go through it, Finn. Let's just kind of get your take. So SmackDown, obviously, Pat McAfee, we assume, will be back at some stage. Yes. Joins Cole and Barrett. Um, first of all, I mean, two man announced teams. Very good to see that back. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. But talk, talk to me about Michael Cole and Wade Barrett for SmackDown. How are you feeling about that one? Well, I think Wade Barrett's been, um, been, I think, outstanding on NXT. And I, I'm, it's a shame for, for Vic Joseph, <laughs> you know, that his team with Barrett um, is no more. Um, because I thought they were a tremendous team together. There's a lot of humour there. And Barrett was really quick-witted and he would just take these shots at Vic and just, I mean, Vic at times would start cracking up because like Wade would be there like insulting him and it'd be <laughs> such a, you know, dead-on insult. Uh, but not in a nasty way. It was obviously done in a humorous way and Vic would be, you know, he would laugh at it. That that would always crack me up. But I thought, I thought Barrett's, I mean, his first announced gig or his first permanent announced gig was on World of Sport, wasn't it? Yes. Was he? Yes, he yeah. was. He was yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Was that twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? Two. I think it was twenty seventeen. Or am I losing my mind? World of sport. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, I mean, he was pretty good on that, but I thought he's been a lot better in, in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's really, really found his feet with Vic Joseph. I mean, to be honest, from the very first week, because it was originally a three-person team, wasn't it, on NXT, Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett, and Beth Phoenix. And lots of people were saying when Beth left, oh, WWE's in free fall, she's quit, she can't stand it anymore. And, you know, I thought Beth actually was okay on commentary, but I think she sort of got in the way. And I think it's, I think it's been a tighter, wittier team with just Wade and Vic. So, you know, really good team there. On one hand, I'm really pleased for Barrett that he's received this promotion to SmackDown, and I think he's going to do well there. Um, but at the same time, poor Vic Joseph. His replacement is Booker T. Why <laughs> is Wade Barrett's replacement not Nigel McGuinness? That's what I want to know. I know, well, and actually, just before we started recording this, uh, it's been reported, reported by Fightful that Nigel McGuinness and WWE have now parted ways. Ah, okay. So, uh, right. yeah. But I mean, at this point, with, with these announced teams getting made up, you know, that that's, that's the writing on the wall for Nigel, which, you know, I'm sure you and I could do a whole podcast on why, you know, Nigel McGuinness deserves to be doing something on commentary in WWE, but uh, that's the decision they've made. Well, Booker T... I think it's a shame. I mean, Booker T. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe Vic will be able to make it work. Probably not. I mean, Booker, he's so out there. You know, I mean, the things he says probably make sense to Booker, but they don't make a whole lot of sense to anyone else. So, I mean, I am concerned about the commentary on NXT, which I think is a really good show. And Vic and Wade have been a you know dream team together. I mean, to me, probably the best announced team in wrestling. Um, you know, maybe not the best, but certainly one of the best. And um, you know, I always thought Pat McAfee and Michael Cole were a great team as well. And I actually think Corey Graves has, did really well on um, on Raw as well with Jimmy Smith. I'm really sad to see the back of Jimmy Smith, Kenny. I've got to say, but yeah, Vic and Booker. You know, let's give him a chance, Kenny. I mean, I don't have high hopes, but let's give him a chance. You know, as for Raw, Jimmy Smith, I thought he um I thought he was really good. I mean, he had so much knowledge, had this sense of assuredness. You know, he knew you know, he had this wit to him as well. I think he was very underrated in terms of providing comedy comedy and adding comedy to the airwaves when it was required, but knew how to strike the balance as well between, you know, silliness and seriousness. And that's a very difficult balance to strike in pro wrestling because you can't sit there and just you know mock it you know although when it's absurd of course you can playfully mock it but you can't bury it you know so it's difficult i think to get that balance right where you're showing respect for the business while at the same time criticizing it when you're part of a promotion obviously we can do that because we're independent but when you're part of a a large company, it's your job to put the product over at all times, or at least it should be. It doesn't always happen, as we've seen with certain people. But I thought Jimmy Smith was great. And yeah, what a shame that he's no longer going to be part of Raw. And as for Kevin Patrick, I tweeted this out to Jimmy Smith, Kenny. He's got a tough act to follow, has Kevin Patrick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's got a tough act to follow. And I mean, as far as I'm aware, unless Kevin Patrick has been doing some commentating on the main event, I've not heard the guy commentate. So, yeah, I do um, But um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think he's got tough act to follow. I think Corey Graves on Raw is a good move, though, so hopefully Kevin Patrick can step up. Um, Colin Barrett will be really good on SmackDown, and Booker T is... I mean, awful would be an upgrade for Booker T. He is just awful on commentary. Um, Booker, I mean, Booker T's become this, you know, you could do a whole podcast on Booker T and how much of a parody he's become with his weird opinions and weird takes and, you know, tries to play this kind of cartoon character but wants to be taken really seriously. It's it's very odd. But... um, it yeah, is. Well, I mean, I mean, this is a chance for Booker to press the reset button on how yeah. people perceive him as an announcer. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't know whether he 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 can do that or wants to do that. More to the point, but this is a golden opportunity for him to start. Presumably, starting on NXT next week, right? With uh, Vic. Yeah. So, I mean, by the time we record what's going down next week, we can well, we can have some stuff to say on the first uh, SmackDown and Raw commentary teams, but obviously. Sure. NXT will probably be a little bit, you know, maybe next week's Power Slam. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to give them a chance, see how they do. Sad to see Jimmy Smith go. Uh, very funny that he was given a porn offer coming out of this, which is just a bizarre state of affairs. But, you know... The- was he really? I didn't hear about that. <laughs> he was given an offer from a porn company, which is just really funny. Um, <laughs> you know, sure. Um, but yeah, he was really good and he was... Uh, he was he was a good sport about it as well. He tweeted it; it was very classy about it. But um, oh yeah, yeah, he was very gracious, wasn't he, about his departure? I mean, uh, on his Twitter feed, he was just uh, commenting on how he never expected any of this. He couldn't believe it; it was a dream come true, effectively. So the fact that he never expected it, now it was over. You know, he was just grateful that it had happened in the first place. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that is the way you handle a dismissal uh, because you're effectively leaving the door open for a return. And, you know, if Kevin Patrick um, completely bombs in the role, and I'm not going to try and prejudge how he'll do because I hope he does well. You know, he's been there a while. They obviously like him. You know, I think he's done well as a backstage interviewer and I wish him success. I hope this works. But in the event that it doesn't, then maybe Jimmy will be brought back. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, he was, yeah, he was offered, uh, so Cam Soda, which is an adult website review, they've offered Jimmy the chance to call the action um, in detail as webcam models undress to heighten the experience for the viewer. And he's been offered a one-year deal worth up to $500,000. So, you know, there you go. Your name can get out there for various <laughs> things. But anyway... <laughs> Dollars. That can't be. That can't be right. Surely. No, it's real. The the the, the cam sort of publicly put a thing out. Dear Mr. Jimmy Smith, I'm sad to see your time at WWE as an announcer has come to an end. However, I see an opportunity to work together in a similar capacity. I'd like to extend a contract offer to co- commentate on private adult webcam sessions for Cam Soda, an adult adult entertainment webcam platform for one year. You'd provide the play-by-play for the steamy action happening on camera, as well as live events the company runs throughout the year, including Car Wars and Beer Pong. In return for your roles as an announcer, I'd be willing to compensate you up to $500,000. Please take some time to consider my offer. I look forward to your response. Wow. So, as (laughs) as Finn picks up the I don't know what to say to that, Kenny. I don't, that, that, I'm just flawed. I am flawed. <laughs> well, listen, that's as good a, a good a way to end it as as, as anything. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed our podcast. We'll see, you know, obviously the seriousness of the RVD stuff that happened, um, you know, the sadness of the of the Sadie stuff, but obviously, you know, the 
and the wackiness of the, the, the AEW stuff, um, some announcing shakeups, lots going on in the world of wrestling, but we will be here to cover it all each and every single week, as we always are. So, Finn, I hope you have a good weekend, whatever you're getting up to. Uh, well, um, well, it's deadline week, well right? yeah, currently writing from the top. I'm in the there process of that, and then what's going down. So um, I'll have finished both by the time what's going down, the podcast returns for its next thrilling ex- thrilling installment this coming tuesday uh well, listen want to thank you all for all your support you know whatever you know whatever that is you know the magazines magazines inside the ropes magazine.com you know that the, the uh, patreon is patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes we do loads of extra stuff we hope that you will support us in our endeavors so i want to thank you all for listening we'll talk to you soon A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets Sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.